Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Well, hey there, all of my future paleontologists. So nice to be with you guys again. Today's lesson is going to be one that I wanted to record early on because it's very important. But before we do, I just want to give a shout out, a birthday greeting to young Mr. Zachary from Austin, Texas. I had the pleasure of getting a chance to talk to Zachary and all of his classmates. And so happy birthday to you, Zachary. I believe you said you were 55 years old. No, 25. No, five. Yeah, I think that's it. Five. So, Zachary, happy birthday. All right. So, the lesson today is on time periods and layers of dirt. Now, I know that sounds kind of weird, but let me, let me explain what I mean. First of all, scientists divide up layers of dirt in the ground sort of the same way we divide up a calendar. You see, we different layers of dirt are from different times. And those layers represent different times. So the dirt that you are standing on in your backyard might be from a different time period than the dirt that I'm standing on in my backyard. You see, some people live where the dirt that they live on represents the age before dinosaurs. Some people's dirt in their yard is from the age of dinosaurs, and some is from long after. So you see, we divide up layers of dirt in the ground, sort of the way we divide up days in a calendar. Now, let me talk first about those layers of dirt. Because they're all from different times. How does a layer of dirt from one time period cover a layer of dirt from a different? Well, that's called erosion. Erosion happens when dirt is moved either by water, by wind, by landslides, by tsunamis, glaciers. Hurricanes, all of those kinds of things can move dirt. Imagine for a moment, there is a pile of sand right in front of you. On the right side of you is a fan, like a fan we use to cool down our house. Now imagine if you point that fan towards that pile of sand and you turn it on, the wind will begin to move the sand. If the fan is on your right, the wind's going to blow the sand over to your left. And if you leave the fan running all day, when you come back tomorrow, all of the sand that used to be in front of you is now going to be moved to a different place. That's an example of erosion. So imagine now you have your big pile of sand in front of you. And you have a big fan there. Only this time, 
you lay some, let's say you lay one of your dinosaur toys on the ground on the other side of the sand. You, you lay your plastic dinosaur toy there. You turn on the fan. The fan begins to blow the sand. The sand will bury your dinosaur toy. That's kind of the same way it happens with real dinosaurs. When the dinosaur dies, the wind can blow sand and dirt over the bones. A flood could wash all kinds of mud over the bone. Um, a landslide could bury the dinosaur under the dirt. So you see, layers of dirt can be moved through erosion. Well, as those layers pile up one on top of the other on top of the other, it's almost like pages of a book. Go get your biggest dinosaur book or the biggest, thickest book you have in the house and lay it on the side and look at each page. Think of each page as a layer of dirt, all from different times. On each page in that book, there are different words. Well, when we look at the ground, each layer of dirt has different fossils. And the deeper down you go, the farther back in time you're going. So you see layers of dirt slowly bury things. Now, remember, erosion can bury something, but it could also uncover something. Let's go back to your sand pile. This time, you're going to take two dinosaur toys. Lay one on the ground, lay the other one next to it. Take your sand and bury the first toy under your sand pile. Turn on the fan. The wind starts blowing. The sand leaves your one pile and buries your other dinosaur. But now the wind is uncovering the bones or uncovering the other dinosaur that used to be buried. Erosion covers fossils, but it also uncovers fossils. Erosion is a paleontologist's friend. Because it helped bury the bones so that they could become a fossil. And it also helps uncover them. So erosion is important to paleontologists. Now, I said that paleontologists have to name the layers of dirt. And by the way, geologists are people who study rocks and dirt. So geologists have to use the same information that paleontologists use. We all have to know what layer we're talking about. So we give every layer a name. Think of a calendar, right? A calendar shows you a whole year, and then it divides the year into months. And from months, we divide it into weeks. And weeks are divided into days. And days are divided into hours. Hours are divided into minutes. Minutes are divided into seconds. You see how scientists kind of help keep all these things organized? We do the same thing with dirt. So, today's lesson is about the most important layers of dirt. There are things called eras, spelled E-R-A. And then there are things called periods. Eras are kind of like the year. And periods are kind of like the months of the year. 
So there are three main periods in the Earth's history. The first one is called the Paleozoic Era. The Paleozoic Era happened before the age of dinosaurs. The Paleozoic Era is the very first time period when animals were alive on Earth. Before the Paleozoic Era, there was no animals. There were different time periods, but none of them had animals. So if you have a trilobite or an ammonite, you might have an animal from the Paleozoic Era. Now, the Paleozoic Era is divided into different periods. The first one was called the Cambrian. The next is pronounced Ordovician, Silurian, Devonian, Mississippian, Pennsylvanian, and Permian. I know these names sound very strange, but that's because you hardly ever use them. But those are the different periods during the Paleozoic era. Some of the animals that lived during those times, the time called the Devonian, that's the time period when a giant fish called Dunkleosteus lived. Big. The time period called the Pennsylvanian, that's when giant insects were alive. Gigantic dragonflies the size of birds. The last period in the Paleozoic era is called the Permian. That's the period that has animals like Dimetrodon. But at the end of the Permian period, something very big happened. Almost all life on Earth died. Almost everything got wiped out. 98% of all life died at the end of the Permian era or at the end of the Permian period. So that line that was at the end of the Permian, a lot of plants and animals died. And that ended the Paleozoic era. Now new layers of dirt began to form. And this is the time period called the Mesozoic Era. This is the age of dinosaurs. The Mesozoic Era is the age of dinosaurs. And there are three time periods during the Mesozoic Era. Can anybody guess what they are? I'll give you a second. The first is called the Triassic. The Triassic period started about 251 million years ago and lasted all the way up to about 201 million years. Now, during the Triassic period, that's when dinosaurs first appeared. The very first dinosaurs that ever appeared appeared in the Triassic period. The next period of the Mesozoic is called the Jurassic period. You know the Jurassic period. You know Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. It was named after the Jurassic period of the Mesozoic era. The Jurassic period started about 201 million years ago 
and it lasted till about 145 million years ago. The Jurassic period is when Brachiosaurus lived. It's when Allosaurus, Ceratosaurus, Diplodocus, Apatosaurus, those dinosaurs were from the Jurassic. The Triassic period had dinosaurs like Coelophysis and Herrerasaurus and Eoraptor and Platyosaurus. Those are Triassic dinosaurs. At the end of the Jurassic period, a new period began, and that was the Cretaceous period. The Cretaceous period started 145 million years ago and lasted to about 65 or 66 million years. The Cretaceous period is the time of Tyrannosaurus rex, Triceratops, the Duckbills, and Kylosaurus. Those are the dinosaurs of the Cretaceous period. You see, Brachiosaurus lived in the Jurassic period. It never saw a Tyrannosaurus rex. Tyrannosaurus rex lived in the Cretaceous period. It never saw Platyosaurus. They didn't live at the same time. They lived millions of years apart. The Cretaceous period is the last period of the Mesozoic era. The Mesozoic era is made up of three time periods. The first one is the Triassic. The next one is the Jurassic. And the last one is the Cretaceous. So those are the periods of the Mesozoic. And finally, the last era is called the Cenozoic. You and I live in the Cenozoic era. At the end of the Cretaceous period, the dinosaurs, the the land-living dinosaurs, the pterosaurs, which are the flyers, the giant sea creatures, those animals went extinct. That ended the age of the dinosaurs. It ended the Mesozoic era. And then started the Cenozoic era. This is often called the age of mammals. You see, there were mammals alive during the Mesozoic era, but they were all very small and they probably only came out at night. Because big dinosaurs ruled the world during the Mesozoic era. You did not want to be out among them. But at the end of the Cretaceous, when the great big asteroid struck the earth and changed the environment, the land-living dinosaurs died. And that started the Cenozoic, and that's the age of mammals. The Cenozoic era is broken into a bunch of small time periods. The first one was called the Paleocene. It started about 66 million years ago. The next time period was called the Eocene. It started, or it ended, I'm sorry, it started about 55 million years ago. Then came a time called the Oligocene about 33 million years ago. Then the Miocene, about 23 million years ago. Then a period called the Pliocene, about 5 million years ago. And then the one that most of you know, but you may not know its name, the Ice Age, 
It's called the Pleistocene. That's the time period of the Ice Age. And it happened almost 1.8 million years ago, and it ended 10,000 years ago. You know, sometimes you watch TV or you read books and it tells you that the dinosaurs died because of the Ice Age. That's not true. Almost 60 million years went by from the end of the dinosaur age to the Ice Age. 60 million years went by. Now, during that time, there were giant rhinoceros. There were camels and llamas and all kinds of elephants, mammoths, mastodons, um, all kinds of things that lived in the ocean. But these were all mammals. And so today we live at a period called the Holocene, H-O-L-O-C-E-N-E, the Holocene. Humans were alive during the Ice Age, the Pleistocene, but you and I live in the Holocene. So, there are three major eras, the Paleozoic, the Mes I'm sorry, the Paleozoic, the Mesozoic, and then the Cenozoic. Each one of those is divided into smaller periods. The periods that I use the most in my studies, I use the Mesozoic the most, the Cenozoic the second most, and the Paleozoic, the third most. The Mesozoic is age of dinosaurs. They're what I study the most. The Cenozoic is the age of mammals. Those are the things I study second. And then the Paleozoic, those are mostly trilobites and fish, which I love very much. But I study dinosaurs and mammals more. So that, my little friends, is your lesson on time periods and I hope that it made sense to you. I hope that those made sense. All right, let's get into a couple of questions. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. All right, uh, Jeffrey. Jeffrey sent a message through our Dinosaur George page. Jeffrey asked a question, says, hello, Dinosaur George. Was Alamosaurus descended from Asia, South America, or neither? Alamosaurus is a very large, long-necked dinosaur. I don't know where it came from. My guess is that it may have descended from dinosaurs from South America. Alamosaurus may have come from dinosaurs that first lived in South America and then migrated into North America. So that's my best guess. I wish I had a better answer for you, Jeffrey. I just haven't studied that one. All right, let's go to my friend Noah. Noah, by the way, is a Tyrannosaurus member of our 
Patreon club. And if you would like to join Patreon, I hope that you do. Noah sent me a couple of really good questions, so I'm going to pick two of them. First, he asked, did Megalania have venom like a Komodo dragon? Well, Megalania is a dinosaur that lived during the Cenozoic era, not during the Mesozoic, during the Cenozoic era. Megalania was a giant lizard that kind of looked like a Komodo dragon. And Komodo dragons have a little bit of venom in their, t- in their mouth, but they also have a lot of bacteria. When a Komodo dragon bites an animal, that bacteria and that venom can infect the wound. So Noah wants to know, did Megalania have that? Well, Megalania was probably about 25 to 35 feet long. That makes it a giant. I believe, Noah, that they may not have had venom because they were so much bigger. They were the largest carnivore that lived on Australia in Australia. Because they were so big, I don't think they needed venom. I think just a bite alone would have been enough to wipe out anything. But I do believe that they probably did have a mouthful of bacteria. So it would have been, it would have had something we call a septic bite, which basically means you have so many bacteria in your mouth, you infect anything you bite, and that animal will die from the infection. Komodo dragons bite their prey once and then let it go, and then they just follow it around until the prey dies. That's probably what Megalania did as well. All right, let's do one more question that Noah sent, because I like this one a lot. This is about the giant snake, Titanoboa. Now, Titanoboa is from the Cretaceous period. This is a giant constrictor. And what that means is when it wraps itself around you, it squeezes you so hard that you simply cannot breathe, and then it swallows you whole. Titanoboa was capable of catching and eating small dinosaurs. Could Titanoboa swim? Absolutely, I think they could, Noah. And in fact, it is my opinion, my opinion that they preferred to be in the water because they were so gigantic, being on land would have been very hard for them to move around. It would have taken a lot of effort and they would have been really loud on land if they were sneak, if they were slithering through the forest looking for prey. They're so giant that they're going to make a lot of noise. But in the water, the water supports their weight. So I think they spent almost all sort of like an anaconda does in South America today. Anacondas prefer to hunt in the water because their big bodies can be hidden underwater. They can hold their breath for a very long time. And it's way easier to swim through the water than it is to crawl on land. So I believe Titanoboa definitely, definitely would have been an animal that would have preferred the water. All right, we're going to take a short break and then I'm going to answer one who would win. So let's take a short break and I'll be back in just a second. Do you or someone you know like fossils, rocks and minerals? Our web store is filled with amazing crystals, geodes, real fossils and replica dinosaur claws, teeth and more. 
our prices are affordable and we do not add excessive shipping fees. Go to dinosaurgeorge.com and order your items today. All right, it's time for... Who Would Win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All right, my little friends. Now, because this lesson went kind of long, because it took me a long time to try to explain time periods, I do not have time to pick a feature creature, but I will in the next one. And I only have time to answer just a couple of questions and to do one who would win battle. So I only have time for one. So the one I'm going to choose which happened to also be uh, suggested by Noah, who is one of our uh, uh, Patreon club members. Noah sent me the classic T-Rex versus Triceratops. This is a classic battle. This is a battle that probably occurred over and over. For all of you that want to become a Tyrannosaurus member, and submit your who would win battles. They don't have to be animals from the same time period. You can pick an animal from the Cenozoic and battle against an animal from the Paleozoic if you want. There's no limits to these battles. But in this particular one, Noah has chosen two animals that live together. Let's size up the competition starting with Triceratops. Here's a 25-foot-long, three-ton dinosaur with two enormous horns that would have been made super sharp by a covering over the horn called keratin. Keratin is like your fingernails. That made those horns incredibly sharp. Its size meant that the horns would be just about even with the stomach of a Tyrannosaurus rex. If this dinosaur comes charging in with its head down and it rams Tyrannosaurus Rex, it is going to get T-Rex right in the gut. And that could mean instant death for Tyrannosaurus Rex. Triceratops was probably fairly fast, but it probably could not spin around real quickly. In other words, it would come running at you, but it would take a while to turn its body around. So if it charged you and you were able to dodge it, it would take some time for that Triceratops to spin back around and come at you again. That might give you the chance to run behind it before it can spin around and bring those horns. Now let's look at Tyrannosaurus Rex, because this is a dinosaur who absolutely comes for battle. It's about 45 feet long and weighing seven or eight tons it is a huge predator with a massive set of powerful teeth that are perfectly designed to crunch through bone, frill, horn, meat, you name it. If Tyrannosaurus Rex can grab a Triceratops either by the horn or by the frill or preferably by the back, that fight might end pretty quickly. 
because Tyrannosaurus Rex has such powerful teeth, he could crunch through most of the bones of that dinosaur. Now, Tyrannosaurus Rex is not going to be as fast as Triceratops, but I do believe it could turn quicker because it's only standing on two feet. You can spin faster on two feet than you can on four. So I think Rex has an advantage. But the way nature works, it is something called the balance of nature. And the balance of nature means that carnivores do not always win. They cannot always make a kill. If they do, they'll eat everything in existence. They usually are only successful about one every 10 tries. Animals today, dinosaurs are probably the same way. Probably one out of 10 tries. So Noah, because you chose two dinosaurs that lived together, I'm going to have to call on the balance of nature to call this fight. And that would be that if Triceratops and T-Rex met 10 times, Triceratops would be the victor. Nine of those times. So I think Triceratops is going to win this challenge. I think it will. If you disagree, you can send us comments. Either uh, join our Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page, and you can put your comments there anywhere you want. You can write what you think. Or you can go to the website, dinosaurgeorge.com. Click on the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at the top of the page. And at the bottom of that page, you'll see a form that you can fill out and send. If you have a question you want to ask, you can send it that way or send it through our Facebook Kids page. I hope that you all enjoyed today's lesson. I hope it makes sense to you about the time periods. I hope they make sense and I hope that that it makes I hope that you figured it all out. So, until next time my friends, take care of yourselves, be kind to everybody around you. Remember, people are struggling during these times, so it's very important that kids lead the way for being kind. Don't be mean to people. Be kind. And if you have a friend or you know somebody that likes dinosaurs, let them know about our podcast because I would like as many kids to join as they can. Thank you guys very, very much. Until next time, I'm Dinosaur George. I hope you've enjoyed it. listening to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club, and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks, and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah. Yeah.